A very good morning to <clears throat> all of you. It's wonderful to be back <clears throat> as a family, and we want to rejoice in his presence. <clears throat> Thank you. Forgive me <clears throat> when my voice is uh, giving me some trouble. <clears throat> you know, uh, when I came here, I told mom, you know, we have to start praying for my voice. You know, voice, the voice is very important because without the voice, I can't speak. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, in the morning, we try to talk a lot because I'm speaking freely. The moment I, <clears throat> I come here, I can see that uh, <clears throat> the devil is attacking my voice. So please pray. <clears throat> okay, so let me have water. <clears throat> okay, never mind. We are going to overcome. We are going to win the battle. Amen? I want to read uh, with you a scripture from the book of Psalms, 148 verse 1. Psalms 148 verse 1. I read from the, from the Good News Bible. And the Bible reads here, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from heaven that you live in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels, all his heavenly armies. Praise him, sun, moon, sun and moon. Praise him, shining stars. Praise him, highest heavens and the waters above the sky. Let them all praise the name of the Lord. He commanded and they were created. By his commandment, they were fixed in their places forever. They cannot disobey. Take note of that. that. That is a very important word. By his command, they were fixed in their, in their places forever, and they cannot disobey. Praise the Lord for the earth, the sea monsters, and all the ocean, in the, all the ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, strong winds they, that obey his commands. Praise him, hills and mountains, fruit trees and forests, all animals, tame and wild, reptiles and birds. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everything is called to praise the Lord. Let me also read from the book of Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter, that is Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you. Righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of a donkey. Okay, as you can see, uh, we have the Word of God speaking to us uh, amazing truths. And uh, one of the things that we see in Psalms 148 says that uh, his creation cannot disobey him. His creation cannot disobey. Okay, that's amazing. And then we read from the prophecy of Zechariah. Zechariah lived about 500 years before Christ, and he makes a, a prophecy that became reality in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today I want to speak about creation cannot disobey its maker. Let us pray as we start. Lord our God, we are so grateful for this wonderful day, a day that you have created so that we will be 
able to hear your words so that we will be able to be built up so that, Lord, we will be able to uh, follow you in your footsteps. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and we pray, Lord, that may your word find entry into our hearts and minds and that we be able to live by that word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, God created all things with purpose and destiny. Every single thing that God has made has got a reason for its being. Now, creation is so vast and complex that uh, scores of scientists can't fully explain it. Okay, even so, uh, scientists have made a lot of discoveries, have found a lot of uh, uh, relationships with uh, uh, what creation is all about, but at the end of the day, you know, we don't really have an explanation why God created what he created and for what purpose and for what reason. And I think it's very important for us to clearly understand that. The laws of nature, the Bible tells us, are perfect. and They have been uh, kept solid, you know, uh, for millennia, for long, long distances of time. The laws of nature are standing. Now, we will never be able to find out the secrets of creation by consulting creation. Okay? I think this is a very important point. You know, you cannot find out the reason for somebody's life by asking that person, what is the reason for your living? Because that person may know or may not know, depending on whether he has consulted the creator or not. Okay? If we want to know the reason for our being, we need to consult our creator, okay? Without hearing from our creator, we will never know who we are meant to be. So that is why it is important not just to depend on, you know, uh, uh, what we are seeing in creation, uh, but we must come to consult the maker, the creator of creation. So creation cannot disobey its maker. Okay, that is a statement that I will make and I will show you how true it is. Even so, there may be an exception that God has made for us human beings. But at the end of the day, God will still be able to accomplish everything that is part of his creation. Only the creator has got all the answers as far as creation is concerned. He knows why he made it. He knows why he made it the way he made it. Okay, we may not understand this, but God is fully in control and fully in charge. That's why, you know, as much as we appreciate all of the scientists that are trying to find answers to a lot of questions in creation, uh, at the end of the day, they will not be able to find all the answers because the answers are beyond creation in the heart of the creator himself, okay? People are looking, you know, for the beginning of this, uh, of this uh, universe, and uh, even if they come to the very beginning of the universe, they will still, still not be able to explain why, okay? You have heard of the Big Bang, and of course now people are beginning to doubt, is there really, was there really a Big Bang or not? But whatever it was, we know that in the beginning, God created, okay? He created the heavens and the earth and everything inside of them. 
And so unless we hear from God himself, we will not know in finality what everything is made for. So the word of God tells us that Christ came in order to give us insight, in order to give us revelation in his word. Let me just read the scripture from the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 13, starting from 34 and 35. Uh, the Bible tells us here, all things Jesus spoke to the multitudes, all these things Jesus spoke to the multitudes in parables, and without a parable, he did not speak to them. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Okay? That is what Jesus was proclaiming when he came, and of course he was referring to the prophet, and that's what we are reading now in Psalms 78 verse 1. In Psalms 78 verse 1, the Bible says, O my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter, I will utter hidden things from things from of old. What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. So God has revealed a lot of secrets, okay? And even so they are revealed, many people do still not understand. Like uh, Jesus himself said, you know, all these things that he spoke to the multitudes, he spoke in parables, so that it might be fulfilled, you know, that he's uttering things kept secrets from the foundation of the world. Okay, so there are things on this side of creation from, uh, you know, the, uh, the reality of creation. We cannot fully understand unless and until we are hearing from God himself. We are hearing from the creator himself. And, you know, the Bible is very, very clear who the creator is. Okay, in the book of Colossians, we are reading from chapter 1 and verse 16, for by him all things were created. By him all things were created. Things in heaven, things on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Okay, so the creation that we see is only a part of the whole story. Because as the Bible tells us here, you know, God has created the heavens and the earth, but he has created visible things, and of course the visible things we can see with our natural eyes, but the invisible things we can't see. But God has created invisible things, okay, things that are beyond our level of understanding, and uh, he goes on and he says, whether they are thrones or powers or rulers and authorities, 
All things were created by him and for him. Now, there are rulers and authorities in this world, but there are also rulers and authorities and powers in the world of God, in the spiritual realms, okay? And again, we may not know, you know, what, what kind of uh, uh, beings they are. We may not even know their job description or the reason why God created them. So there are lots and lots of things which we just have no clue about. Even if we would find out, you know, how God created this world, uh, there are still a lot of other things that are remaining in secret, okay, that we do not fully understand. And uh, clearly, the book of Colossians tells us about all these things that he has created. They were created by him and for him, okay? So if you create something that you want to use, you know the purpose for what you want to use the thing that you are making, isn't it? And exactly that is true, you know, as simple as it seems, exactly that is true for God. He created everything, you know, it was made by him, but it was also made for him. And so he knows what everything is for, what the purpose, what the destiny, what the reason for its being is, okay? Uh, earlier we have even read about the sea monster, you know, all the, all the creatures that we sometimes wonder, what are these, uh, these creatures for? Okay, but God is the one who has created everything, and he has, every, he has created everything to praise God, okay? According to Psalms 148. All right, so the scripture continues. He is before all things, okay? So if you are, if you are uh, investigating things, you will never fully understand what is before the things, okay? But Christ is before all all things. And it's important that we take note of that. And in him all things hold together. So in other words, the, the, the power that things are remaining the way they are, that the universe is, is, is moving in a certain order, that our earth is, you know, surrounding the sun at a certain, at a certain rate, you know, all these things are being controlled by God himself, okay? He has instituted laws, and everything follows these laws, okay? There's a speed of light, and scientists have accepted the speed of light that this is something that we can go by. It's, it's something that is not changing. It's always the same, okay? Otherwise, even science would not be possible if things would change every other few days or months or years. So God has you know, establish the rules of this creation and everything follows according to God's assignments. Okay, so God is the one who holds all things together. In Christ, in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. So you can see as much as God speaks about creation, the heavens and the earth and all the things that are visible and even invisible, uh, this is not everything. In fact, this is just one side of the story. There is another side of the story, and that side of the story is the church, okay? The ecclesia, the people who are called out of darkness into his wonderful light. And the Bible says he is the head of the body, the church. 
He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Okay? That's why uh, when Thomas was asking uh, uh, Jesus, uh, show us the Father and it will be enough for, for me or for us, uh, then Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. Because Christ is the representation of the Father. In him, all the fullness of God was manifest. And through him, okay, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So that is the two-dimensional reality of creation, okay? There is creation, which is the habitat in which we live, but there is creation of God's own people, okay? The people he loves. And we will come to that a little bit later on, you know, because everything that God has created was eventually created for us human beings. This is our habitat. This is our house, okay? So before God created the house, before the foundation of the world, the Bible says that he thought of us, that he designed us, that he loved us. And only once he had done all his blueprints, that's when he created the habitat, and finally we were coming into this habitat. Let's not forget time for God is not a problem. Okay, he's the one who made time. And uh, we may sometimes not put things together as far as time is concerned, but God is above time as well. So we can see that God is the one who has a purpose and a reason for everything that he had made. Since you and I exist, okay, we, we, we can conclude that God had a reason for us to be here. God had a desire for us to be here. God loved us to be in this world and to be able to come to know him, relate to him, and eventually love him and be part not only of creation itself, but be part of his church. That is his desire. Now, uh, again, you know, we have a situation where we have uh, limitations in understanding our God, okay? Because we are human. We have limitations. You know, we can understand certain things, you know, we are three-dimensional, plus time is another half-dimension. Okay, these are the things we can understand. But we cannot understand what is beyond that. Okay? Let me, let me give you a story here. <clears throat> the disciples were called by Jesus, and they called him Rabbi. Okay? They were taught by him, they were learning from him, and all of us, we are called to be disciples, that Jesus wants to teach, that people are meant to be built up as the body of Christ. But then, of course, there are things that even the disciples had no clue about. Let me just read that uh, story in the book of Luke, chapter 8 and verse 22. 
Luke chapter 8, verse 22, the Bible says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side of the lake. Okay, whose idea was to go to the other side of the lake? It was Jesus, okay? It was not their own idea. It was Jesus who said, let us go to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap, okay? So Jesus was the son of God, but when he came into this world, he was a human being like you and me. And sometimes he would become tired, just like you and I become tired. Okay, so Jesus was taking a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. Now you understand, some of the disciples were fishermen. They were experienced. They knew how to uh, steer a boat and how to take care of uh, uh, you know, the, the, the elements that they usually encountered. But this storm was something different. Okay? This storm was far beyond their own ability. And so when that storm came and began to fill uh, the, the, the boat itself, you know, the waves were swapping over the, 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 the edges of the boat and filled the boat with water. And of course, that would be just a matter of time until you finally drown, okay? And so their only recourse was to run to Jesus, okay? All the other things they could do, they had already done. Okay, all their skills uh, to steer a boat, everything they knew, everything they had learned, all the experience that they had, had uh, in, in steering a boat, they had already taken care of all of these things. <clears throat> and it didn't help. So the only recourse left was to run to Jesus. And they called him, Master, Master. <clears throat> so in other words, they were, they were panicking. Okay. And uh, actually, when they were speaking, they were not saying, please help us. But they were making a statement of unbelief. We are drowning. Okay? Have you seen that? In the book of Luke, verse 24, the disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we are going to drown. Many times we make such statements. I'm about to finish. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going down. The question would be, why would they even bother Jesus if they knew they were drowning? <laughs> but thank God they, they consulted Jesus. And I think this is what we must learn. We must consult the Lord. Okay? We must uh, find the reason... <clears throat> Uh, for our being in him and uh, even our solutions and our uh, deliverance. When Jesus, woke, <clears throat> when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly, <clears throat> the storm stopped and all was calm. You know, can you imagine from, from that, uh, you know, violent wind where they could not control the board in any way, where the, the waves were swapping inside the board and where they were just uh, realizing we, we haven't got the power to go against this. Jesus stood up and he just rebuked the wind and the waves in 
the other uh, books of uh, the gospel where this story is, uh, Jesus was calling out, be quiet. Okay? And it was quiet. And when this happened, <clears throat> you know, these experienced fishermen, these experienced people who had seen so many things in their life, they had never seen anything like that. Because nobody was able to command the wind and the waves. But Jesus did that. And then he asked his disciples, where is your faith? <clears throat> you know, when we are going into trouble, and all of us will at one time or the other, you know, all, all the <clears throat> experiences that we are passing through where we have tried everything we could in our own strengths, and where we can't find the solution, eventually we cry to Jesus and praise God. <clears throat> it's a, a privilege that God has given to us. <clears throat> Jesus says, ask and you shall be given. Amen. <clears throat> so you have to rebuke that, uh, that uh, uh, voice infringement of my, <laughs> of my throat, you know. Thank God. God is in control. Okay, so um, it's back. You know, it's like with a radio, which sometimes goes down. So uh, we are human beings. We have limitations. Huh? We are not always uh, on, the, on the highest uh, degree of reception. <clears throat> so what we are seeing here is that the disciples we are asked the question, where is your faith? And you know, many times we are panicking in our lives and we, we feel we, we can't make it. And we are making statements, we are drowning. You know, we are going to drown. You see, this was uh, an experience which we see repeatedly uh, in the book of uh, Exodus. The people of Israel came out of Egypt and they had seen the mighty, mighty hand of God, how God established his power in the face of uh, their slave master, Pharaoh. And finally, as yes, they were allowed to, to go, how God opened the Red Sea uh, and delivered them in a, a very powerful way. Uh, but then, you know, despite all of this, they began to complain. They began, began to Remember, whenever there was some problem along the way, they began to uh, challenge their leader and say, why did you bring us here? Was it not good enough for us to have graves in Egypt? And things like that, okay? The same people who had seen the hand of God, the power of God manifest in their own lives could not believe next time that he could do it again. And that's one of the biggest problems that we all have, okay? We are here because we have experienced Jesus Christ to give us salvation, to give us deliverance, okay? At least most of us. Thank God for that. That's why we are here. That's why we keep coming here, because we know Jesus. Jesus, who is our redeemer. Jesus, who has got a great and wonderful plan for us. Jesus, who means well for every one of us. But the moment we are coming into a situation of... Uh, you know, 
calamity, of pressure, uh, where we have no way out, we begin to complain. And we begin to say things like the disciples said, we are drowning. Okay, or like the people of Israel, where there are no cliffs in Egypt, why did you bring us here? Okay, we are dying, there's no water. We have no food. And yet, the God who had established his power in their lives was present with them at any moment in time. Okay? They could only wake Jesus up because Jesus was in the boat, isn't it? And I want to tell you, Jesus is in your boat as well. Okay? You may not see him, you may not uh, sometimes notice it, but he is there. Okay? Next time when you are coming into a situation of uh, pressure, calamities, or whatever it may be, don't say, Lord, I'm drowning. Lord, I can't make it. I'm finished. And you know, we, we human beings, we, we, we easily make that kind of statement. Actually, what you should learn to do is, Lord, you have helped me so many times. You know, maybe you can even say, you did this for me, you did that for me. And I know even today, you are going to take me through. Okay? Never confess I'm drowning. Why do you want to drown? Okay? Why do you say I'm finished? Why do you want to be finished? When there is a redeemer who has actually stated very clearly that he has come so that we have life and have it in abundance. Okay? So don't express unbelief, but actually learn to utter the faith that you have in Christ, okay? I know, Lord, I'm in this trouble now and I can't help myself out of this, but I know you are here. I know you have allowed this situation to establish your very power in this situation. That's what we must learn to do, okay? Now, let me continue here in uh, the book of Luke. So Jesus is asking them, where is your faith? And the disciples didn't even pay attention. The, the Bible says they were, the disciples were terrified and amazed. Okay? That's a very interesting mixture. Terrified and being amazed. Okay? Amazed because you've never seen anything like that. And terrified because you're still feel full of fear. Okay? You were just coming out of a storm that was threatening you to take your life. And then somebody says, stop, rebuked. You know, be quiet. And, 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 and then next moment it's quiet. That was not a coincidence. That was a result of the command of God. Okay? The command of Jesus. Now, remember, these disciples, they knew Jesus. Okay? They knew him. They had been with him. They had been in the boat with him before. They had been walking on the streets uh, of uh, Galilee and Jerusalem. They had been listening to his teachings uh, at many times. And uh, I'm sure they thought they would know Jesus. But at this moment in time, they realized, who is this man? Okay? So in other words, they, they confessed, we, we don't know this man. Okay? Even so, we thought we know him. We, we had learned from him. We have heard of him speaking to us in many ways and in different situations. But somehow, it looks like we, we don't know him. Okay? That's where they were, they were asking, who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, 
Even the wind and the waves obey him. Praise God. When he gives a command, even wind and waves obey him. You know, what we must understand is that creation cannot disobey its maker. Okay? When God speaks, he speaks. And that is final. And we should understand that. You know, we should have faith in that. We should believe that God, who has a purpose for my life, will be able to have this purpose complete itself in the course of our lives. Okay? He will not fail, you know, halfway down. He will not come to 95% and all of a sudden you are running out of steam. You know, it has happened to people all over, you know. Uh, athletes very often, you know, they, 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 they are looking like to be show winners. And then just before they are finally going, going into, into the, uh, the last, uh, you know, the, the, the finishing line, uh, they start to get a crump in their feet or something like that, you know, and they don't make it. But thank God, God is the one who assures us that we are going to reach our destiny. He has created us for a reason, for a purpose, for a destiny. Okay, and he will be able to accomplish that because everything that he has created cannot withstand that, okay? Okay, I made a caveat, I will come to that in a moment. So he came into this world and he wants to see all of us be able to overcome whatever obstacle we are finding in this world. This is his creation. And creation cannot withstand his command. Okay, when God says, be still, then it will accept that as a command. Okay? When you are in trouble and God makes a statement that the trouble ends, it will come to an end, okay? Even if you have tried everything and never, never worked out. God is a good God. So we must learn to trust him and live by faith and not by sight. You know, you may see the, the storm, but faith should tell you, my God will carry me through. Amen? Now, I come to another scripture, and this is the, the, the caveat which I was talking about, okay? Uh, John chapter 1 and verse 10. It looks like what I've been saying earlier on is a contradiction, but I will show you it's not, okay? I said earlier on, creation cannot disobey its maker, okay? But then we are reading here. John chapter 1, verse 10, he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came into his own and his own people did not receive him. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, not by the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but, by God, but of God. And the flesh became, and the word became flesh and dwelled amongst us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of, uh, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, 
He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Now, I said creation cannot disobey its maker. But then the Bible tells us here in John chapter 1 that he came into his own and his own rejected him. Okay? How is that possible? Now, I want you to understand one thing that is very important. You know, God has a purpose and he will achieve his purpose no matter what. Okay? There may be a devil out there, there may be demons out there who have got their own agenda, but the agenda of God will always override no matter what opposition there may be. Okay? Now, God deliberately gave man a free will because one thing we must understand, God does not want to have people serve him by force. Okay? God wants to have only people who love him who want to be with him because they're attracted to him by the love of God, okay? So God created the world of angels, and the angels are servants of God who are sent to serve those who inherit salvation. But even the angel world, God gave them a, a choice to make up their mind whether they want to serve him and serve him with love, not because they are you know, put under pressure. You know, a lot of people who are serving kings and, you know, when you look in the, in the history of time, uh, and even today, you know, a lot of people who are serving certain uh, companies, they're actually in slavery. Okay, slavery is not something of the past, it's actually still reality. Okay? Sometimes you see documentaries where people are working in slave conditions and they're, you know, kept in a very bad way that's a reality, and it has been a reality. And people who are using that slave work, they don't care about that. Because for them, what counts is only the outcome. They don't have, want to have a relationship with them. Not so our God. Our God does not want to have people around him who are there forced. He only wants to have people around him who are there because the love of God keeps us together with him. Okay? So he is never going to force anybody into his family. He's never going to force anybody to do his will, okay? That is different from creation and of the, the laws of nature. All of this, they can't, they can't argue with God, okay? Because whatever he says, that's what is going to happen, okay? Just like uh, the scripture tells us in, in, the, in the book of Psalm 148, 148, by his command, all of the stars and everything was fixed in their places forever, and they cannot disobey, okay? But God gave you an opportunity to obey or disobey, okay? Does it mean because he has given us a, an opportunity to disobey, then he cannot fulfill his purpose? No. And that's where, of course, we have a problem in our understanding, that's where we are falling short, because we would think, okay, if you have got 10 people and four of them are not fulfilling their purpose, then somehow the job will not get done. Am I right? That's the way we think. But, you know, God is above that. God knows who wants to serve him and who wants to, you know, really 
get close to him because of the love of God. Okay, so he's not missing the purpose, missing the destiny because of some people who do not want to serve him. Because God does not force anybody to serve him. Okay? That's why, you know, when you're preaching the gospel, don't threaten people. It says, you're going to die. You're going to do, go to hell. You know? And everybody begins to shiver because, you know, and some people are very good in, 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 in traumatizing things. And then you quickly come, oh, no, let me come to Jesus and, 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 and pray a sinner's prayer. That is nonsense, you know? Because you are only doing this because you're afraid. Okay? No, actually, God does not want to have disciples who are afraid, and that's why they follow him. No, he wants to have disciples who love him, and that's why they follow him. You understand? The love of God must be inside of us. And that's why he has given us the freedom to choose. Okay? In fact, remember there was a situation in the life of, of the Lord where a lot of people have been following him. And then one, one day there was a there was an argument uh, about, about the blood and the body of Jesus. And, and, and then, you know, a lot of people got offended by what Jesus said. Unfortunately, that happens, you know. And Jesus does not apologize. Jesus is giving us the word of life. You either take it. If you don't want it, it's up to you to leave it. God will not force you to swallow what you don't want, okay? So a lot of people have been leaving. I mean, thousands were going, and they said, we, we, we don't want to follow you anymore. And when all of these crowds had left, Jesus was asking his uh, 12 disciples, what about you? Do you also want to go? So in other words, he gave them the opportunity to choose to walk off. And thank God, Peter said, where shall we go? We know that only you have words of eternal life. So we would rather stay with you. We would rather, you know, continue following you, even if we may not understand everything. These are my words now, and this is true for, for me, for my life. There are a lot of things that I cannot understand. Okay? Thank God I've learned a lot of things from Scripture. God has given me a lot of revelation, and I thank God for that. But there are things that I cannot understand. But just because I can't understand does not mean I walk off, okay? Just because sometimes I may be wondering, why does God allow a thing like this to happen in my life? I'm not going to quit because I know he's a good God. He's a loving God. And even if I go through the smelter of the, 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 the highest heat, it's only because he wants to refine me in the fire to make me more valuable like gold, okay? And that's what we need to recognize. You know, this is what faith is all about. You need to trust in God that he will not make a mistake, that he will not leave you, that he will not forsake you, that he will not, uh, you know, forget about you, throw you on the sideline. You know, this is what is happening in this world, but it's not happening and it will never happen by our God. Okay? He has paid a high price for every single one of us. He has laid down his life for all of us. And he will definitely keep his word and his promise that he has given us in the past.
So Jesus came into his own, and a lot of people rejected him. But those who did not reject him, they received what God had come to give them, okay? New life, a future, uh, a purpose, the reason for living, all of these wonderful things came to them. And they were actually given the right to be called children of God. That means you are now belonging to the family of God. And that's what God wants us to understand. We are called to belong to the family of God, okay? There's nothing greater in this world than to belong to his, fam to his family, okay? And we are part of his family not because you happen to be born and you didn't like the, the, the situation in which you find yourself in. No, you are born because you decided, I want to be born of God, not of man. Okay? I'm not sure about you. I mean, I know a lot of people who, who don't like the families in which they were born into. And there are some people who are running away as soon as they can, or even fighting their other family members. Am I right? Do you know such kind of situations? Not so with the family of God. In the family of God, there are only people who want to be there. There are only people who are having the love of God poured into their hearts. And that's what binds us together with our Father in heaven. Okay, so we are not there because somehow, somewhere, uh, some place we, we, we have no other choice. Okay, in a, no, in a natural family, you have no choice. You know, when you're born, you're born, finished. But in the family of God, you know, we come because we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And that's what we do because we love him and we want to serve him for the rest of our lives. And these are the kind of people that God loves to have around him. Not people who are there resenting him. Okay. He wants to have the people who love him. And that's why God will fulfill his purpose and his destiny even in the face of some people not re re uh, accepting him. But God is in control. Now let me take you back to the other scripture that I was reading from the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9. Let me read it again. This is a man who lived 500, about 500 years before Jesus came, okay? And he made this prophecy, this statement. He made this prophecy, this statement, because God gave him a revelation, okay? He didn't, he didn't just say that by, by chance. No, God showed it to him, okay? And he says, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Now, Zion is a, a designation of the people of God, Okay, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Again, Jerusalem are the people of the Lord. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a cold, the fall of a donkey. Now that's a prophecy, a word of prophecy. 500 years before Jesus was finally coming into this world and fulfilling that word. And of course, this is only one of the many, many uh, words of prophecies that God has given to us in the Old Testament. And I'm not going to all the others because I want to focus on that one. Okay? Imagine 
Do you know what is going to happen five days from today? Or five years from today? Or 50 years from today? Or 500 years from today? No, we are blank. Maybe you can guess what can happen five days from today, you know, maybe. But you could be wrong. Because at the end of the day, nobody knows, okay? Many, many times we have planned something for next week and it didn't work out because the conditions all of a sudden changed and things didn't work out. That does not mean that we should not plan, but at the end of the day, we don't have a guarantee that things will happen the way we plan. Okay? But when God speaks, it will come to pass, even if it is 500 years into the future. And in Matthew chapter 21, verse 1, we now read the fulfillment of this scripture, okay, on what we call Palm Sunday. And by the way, today is Palm Sunday, isn't it? Okay. This, this day was prophesied by Zechariah. 500 years prior to its actual happening. And so, Matthew chapter 21 verse 1 says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find the donkey tied there with a cold by her. Okay, so Jesus and his disciples, they are walking uh, into Jerusalem, and then Jesus tells them, tells two of his disciples, quickly go ahead in the village where you are going. There's a donkey, and there is a foal of a donkey, which is called a colt. How did Jesus know? You know, Jesus knew exactly from the same source from which Zechariah spoke. Okay? Are you hearing me? Zechariah heard from above. He heard from God. And Jesus heard from the Father. You know, that's why Jesus said that the Son will do nothing unless he has heard from the Father. So he woke up that morning and the Father told him, today is the day where that prophecy of Zechariah is going to be fulfilled. Okay? And in order to fulfill it, you need, you need a... You need a donkey. But Jesus didn't have a donkey. He didn't own a donkey. He didn't own a donkey, neither a colt of a donkey. So how would he be able to fulfill it? You know, and that's a wonderful thing. When we are people of God, you know, we may own nothing, but we have everything. So Jesus didn't own a donkey, but he still had use of it. It was there when he needed it. Okay, so these two disciples were sent ahead and uh, they were told, you will find that donkey with the colt by her, untie them and bring them to me. Okay, the donkey and its colt. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them. Okay, I mean, you could easily be mistaken as a thief, isn't it? If you are just finding a donkey somewhere and you think, okay, let me untie it and take it with me, you can be arrested. Okay. But Jesus said, go there, and whoever asks you, tell them, the Lord has need of it. Okay? The Lord needs them right now. And he will send them right away. Okay? So it will come back. Don't worry. He will just have 
need of it in order to fulfill the word that was spoken 500 years prior. Okay? So the purpose and the destiny of God will always come to pass. Okay? Creation cannot reject, cannot disobey its maker. So this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. That was Zechariah. I was reading that. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, on the fall of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the roads, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the roads. Okay. In another um, gospel, it says they took palm branches and put them on the road. That's why today we call it Palm Sunday. I'm sure some churches have gone out in the street and they have uh, they are going with palm branches through the streets. Waving maybe tonight, if you watch the news, you may see some of them, okay? But this is, this is not just, you know, trying to reenact. This is, this is what really came to take place as a result of a word that was uttered 500 years prior. Amazing. Okay, so when God says something, it will come to pass. Nothing and no one can withstand it, okay? Can disobey the maker who has brought this word. Okay, so Jesus accepts not to sit on a horse, but on a donkey. In fact, not even on the donkey on the, or the adult donkey, but on the, on the colt. That is the fall of the donkey, the young one. And the Bible tells us that he was riding into Jerusalem And he was showing his willingness to humble himself, you know, to show us that he was part of us. So the word of God says, see, your king comes gentle and riding on a donkey. That seems to be a contradiction. How can a king ride on a donkey or even on the fall of a donkey? Okay. That didn't happen in the olden days especially. You know, they had, they had carriages, you know. And yet there was a king who was willing to ride on a donkey. But interestingly, you know, uh, somehow people were stirred up. And again, there's no explanation for that. Because, you know, if... if if I would, uh, would sit on a donkey and ride into Jerusalem, do you think anybody would bring palm branches and put them on the road? Do you think anybody would put their clothes on the road or even on the donkey for me to sit on it? They would just say, what, what, what funny thing is this one, you know? What old man, what madala is uh, riding on a donkey into a big city like Lusaka, you know? But then when Jesus came, Everybody was stirred up. You can believe that the Spirit of God was stirring up the, the people and they were beginning to shout, Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna to the highest. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So you can see now, it was not just one person, like Zechariah 500 years earlier, but it was now a multitude of people who were all beginning to say the same thing. You know, confessing that Jesus Christ is the Lord and the Savior of mankind. They recognized him as a king. Even so, later on, you know, the same people were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. But at that moment in time, they were fulfilling the very promise of God, the very prophecy of God that he will ride into Jerusalem on the fall of a donkey. Very amazing. And the Bible says, and a very large crowd spread their clothes, cut off branches from the trees and put them on the ground and Jesus was riding out on a new street. Okay? The close street, the branch street. Okay? A street that was prepared by the people who God was, was, was inspiring at that moment in time. So they were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David, Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and, and the people asked, who is this? Okay, the same question again that the disciples were asking when they were in the boat, you know, almost drowning and then all of a sudden everything became quiet. Now this time there are these people who are seeing something of extraordinary nature happening around them. Jesus is riding into, into Jerusalem on a donkey, but that itself is not, is it not even a miracle, but to see all these people making this, this uh, type of worship and praise around him, that's a miracle, okay? And it's fulfilled what the prophet had said. And the people were asking, who is this? Once again, that question. Very soon, even the chief priests and the teachers of the law were uh, getting alarmed, you know, and wondering what is this, hap what is going to, what is happening around here. And uh, a few verses further, you know, in verse 15, Matthew 21:15, uh, these people come to Jesus. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple area area, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. You know what indignant means? That means they were highly annoyed, offended. Why? I mean, shouldn't they have been happy that even children were shouting Hosanna to the, to the son of David, you know, Hosanna to the highest? But of course, they didn't like Jesus, and so they were, they were annoyed. And they were going to Jesus and said, do you hear what these children are saying? And they asked him, and Jesus said, yes. And then he asked him a question. Have you never heard, read, and again, that was a prophecy, from the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. Praise God. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. You see, God brings everything together according to his perfect plan. Sometimes you plan something and then you run into some troubles and say, ah, it's impossible, you just 
throw the whole thing away and say, I, I can't accomplish that, I can't achieve that. Not so with God. Everything will have to work together for good in order for, to see the purposes and the plans of God come to their fulfillment. It doesn't matter how many demons and how many devils will say no. It doesn't matter how many people will try to stand in your way. When God said it, it will be done. Amen? And you need to, you need to thank God for that. You know, because if God has given you a call in your life, then keep focused on that very revelation that God has given to you. So Jesus entered into, into Jerusalem as it was foretold. Nobody could stop it, okay? God had planned it even before the foundation of the world, but it was revealed to Zechariah 500 years prior. Even so, a lot of adults refused, like the chief priests and like many of the uh, learned uh, scribes, they, they refused Jesus. But God used children and even infants to lift up the name of the Lord. So, I don't know whether you have ever asked this question, who is this man, Jesus? Okay, maybe you have taken it for granted that Jesus is your, your savior, that Jesus is a good, uh, a good uh, force in your life, you know, that he is doing a lot of good things in your life. But, you know, we must understand that Jesus is so much more than what we can grasp and understand. And we need to just be people who learn to trust in him in any situation, in every situation. If God has given you a promise, and he has. In fact, I personally have given you many of the promises of God from this very pulpit. Am I right? So if God has given you those promises, hold on to them. Even if they have not happened yesterday or day before yesterday, maybe you, God gave you promises a year ago and it has not yet happened. Hey, imagine it took 500 years for this promise to be fulfilled that Zechariah spoke. So if it's one year and it has not yet happened, keep your faith, okay? Keep your eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Because what he has said, he will definitely do. So Jesus has entered into Jerusalem with the love of God, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, okay? Jesus entered into that broken city of Jerusalem, in that city that was in turmoil, that was not living according to the plan and the calling of God. But Jesus entered into that city to bring life and to bring love. Okay, Jesus entered into that city to break the, the, the barrier between man and God. And that's what happened when Jesus died at the cross of Calvary. Okay, the curtain in the temple between the holy and the most holy place was broken, was cut from top to bottom. So it was God who cut it. That temple was about nine meters high. So not, not a human being could have just taken a knife and said, Oof. I'm going to break it, I'm going to cut it. It was God himself. So Jesus entered to Jerusalem in that week 
the week of Good Friday, the week of Easter morning, okay? Good Friday became a Good Friday for us. It was definitely not a Good Friday for Jesus. It was a day of suffering, a day of sacrifice, a day of anguish, a day of pain. But for us, it became Good Friday. And so we thank God for this Good Friday. We thank God that Jesus was willing to be crucified on that cross. You know, just a few days after he entered as the king, riding gently on a donkey, as a humble king, but he was willing to lay down his life, and that's exactly what he did. So Palm Sunday was the last chapter of the ministry of Jesus on earth, okay? That's when he laid down his life. That's when he was put in the grave. That's when the grave and the powers of darkness could not hold him in the grave. And that's why on Easter morning, he rose again. Amen? He rose again. The purpose of God can never be stopped. Okay? God's creation has been designed and planned for it to continue doing what God has actually laid down as the laws of nature. And the same is true in God's very plan of salvation. Okay, Jesus came and he's putting people around himself who love him. He's not forcing anybody who don't love him to follow him, but only those who love him. Only those who are becoming part of his family, they are invited to be not only children of God, but also become sons of the living God. That means adults who are joint heirs with Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? So remember, no matter what kind of elements, no matter what kind of uh, resistances, no matter what kind of obstacles you may meet on the way, if God said what he has revealed to you, that you are a child of God, that you are a son of God, don't, don't worry about anything else because that's what is going to happen. You know, the Bible tells us even the creation, which is right now groaning because of its subjection after man fell in sin, they were also subjected. They are actually waiting for the revelation, for the, for the deliverance of the sons of God because then they will be free. Okay? So we thank God. He is in our midst. And remember, creation cannot disobey God, the creator of all things. Neither will anything in all of creation stop God from fulfilling his purpose and fulfilling his destiny. Not only in general, but also in particular in your life and in my life and in our household of faith. Praise God. Let us pray.
Lord our God, we look up to you and we thank you. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you, Lord, that you have gone against every obstacle that the power of darkness was trying to throw at you, and you have overcome. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that by faith we can overcome just like you did. Thank you, Lord, for all the wonderful promises that you have given to us. And Lord, we are excited as we look forward to see all of these things come to pass. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word that Prophet Zachariah spoke 500 years before it actually came to pass. And for sure it came to pass. And Lord, we know that whatever your word reveals to us, it will come to pass in our lives. You will fulfill everything that you have spoken. And not even the least letter will fall to the ground. So Lord, we give you praise and honor because we can be sure that we are safe in your hands and that no one can pluck us out of your hand. Lord, no matter what circumstances may happen around us, we know that in your hands we are safe and secure. Our world has got a lot of uncertainties, a lot of wars, rumors of wars, a lot of hardships and troubles. But Lord, we thank you that we are in your hand and that your hand protects us, your hand keeps us, your hand guides us. We give you praise and we give you honor. We lift up your name, Hosanna to the son of David, Hosanna to the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And everyone say, Amen. 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 Thank God, you know, 